The question is, are you ready? This is The Drive with Josh Graham. Walking here. On Sports Hub Triad. Y'all, the ACC basketball tournament is underway. And before I tell you who I like to cut down the nets in Greensboro this weekend, I want to share why I'm especially grateful today. A year ago, I was courtside at this tournament in the Coliseum when the world literally changed in hours. And since that day, March the 11th, March the 12th, there have been a lot of dark, scary moments. But we've made it back to the ACC tournament. Roll out the TV carts, even though, Robert, I doubt that's still a thing teachers do. I'm thankful for that. And I'm also thankful for the medical miracles we've seen in less than a year that allowed for me earlier this morning at the Walgreens in Lexington to get my first dose of the vaccine just hours before this tournament is set to start. As for who wins the championship Saturday, I'm expecting the most wide-open tournament of our lifetimes. Coach K said that last week. This is going to be a wide-open tournament. Anybody can win it. Well, I don't think the teams playing today can win it, but I think you're going to see a team playing tomorrow take this title. I think that's going to happen, and the team I like to do so is the North Carolina Tar Heels. I'll tell you why. They got a perfect draw. They're at the bottom of the bracket. They are the number six seed set to play the winner of Wake Forest, Notre Dame tonight, 9 o'clock to close the Wednesday slate. When I look at the teams in the bottom of the bracket, Robert, North Carolina has a combined record this year against those teams of 5-1. 5-1 against the teams in the bottom side of the bracket that they can see leading up to the championship game Saturday night. On the top side of the bracket, North Carolina is 4-5 against those teams. A losing record. North Carolina... Got a tremendous draw. The Tar Heels, they have the talent to do so, too. This is no secret. They're the type of basketball team that can turn it over 20 times like they did against Duke on Saturday and still win the game in a blowout. They have the depth. They have the youth. I'm less concerned about youth in this type of a tournament where you're playing teams you've already played before in the same site day after day after day. That's why Duke's been able to win the ACC tournament a few times over the last decade. The last ACC tournament, for example, in 2019 with Zion and company. I'm not worried about North Carolina's youth. I like their depth. I like that they're playing in Greensboro here. They beat Florida State before. So I'm not really worried about that either. I think they match up well in that game if that's who they're going to see on Friday. But let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. North Carolina has beaten both Wake Forest and Notre Dame. That'll be their first opponent tomorrow at 9 o'clock. Notre Dame and Wake don't really have the widest rotations. They play seven or eight guys. So I think on back-to-back nights, that's going to hurt them against the physicality North Carolina has. The next day, North Carolina faces the most vulnerable double by Virginia Tech. They're going to be catching Virginia Tech at the perfect time. Coming off a 12-day pause. Right after they had a 17-day pause, which... They capped with a loss to Georgia Tech by 16 points. Teams have really struggled coming out of these pauses. 
So North Carolina is going to be a well-oiled machine coming off a win tomorrow night, facing Virginia Tech, which has not played North Carolina this year. And the way Virginia Tech's won games is with their physicality. North Carolina is not going to have any problem with Keve Aluma and Virginia Tech's bigs. In fact, the last time North Carolina played Virginia Tech, let's not forget, it was on Tuesday in Greensboro a year ago. North Carolina slaughtered Virginia Tech to cap Mike Young's first year. Now, Virginia Tech's a completely different basketball team, but we just haven't seen the two go head-to-head. And when you look at Virginia Tech, we talked about this last week. They're the most vulnerable double-by team because they've only played five games against teams ranked in the top nine of the ACC standings. Their record in those five games, two and three. I don't think Virginia Tech belongs on that number three line. So it's perfect that North Carolina draws them, and whoever they would whoever they would play on Friday is a team they've already beaten this year. And when you get to Friday at this point, North Carolina getting close to tasting it in Greensboro, a place they like to play, I really give North Carolina a strong shot. This tournament, it really matters to Roy Williams. Some people say the ACC tournament and conference tournaments in general don't matter. Roy's always said... It's the perfect way to get prepared for the NCAAs advancing far in the ACC. Why? Well, just look at North Carolina's last four ACC championships. Three of those four led to North Carolina going to the Final Four. The exception, 2007, they went to the Elite Eight. You get to play more games. That's especially important this year as teams are so young and you didn't get as many games as you'd like, Roy Williams, he knows how important the ACC tournament is. He values it. He's going to make sure that message gets across to his team. I think Greensboro is the best place to play the tournament. I've always felt that way. Everybody in town knows the game's going on. Everybody's excited. It's it's. Uh, we don't need to have that discussion anymore about the media center of the world because everybody's got a phone. And uh, uh, the funniest thing is when we were in Brooklyn, and I'm not lying, we're at Brooklyn and I come back in from uh, doing our morning exercise and the guy at the gate at the front door said, Coach, how you doing? I said, said, what are you in town for? I mean, we're staying at his hotel. He didn't even know the daggum tournament was going on. You're not going to have that issue in Greensboro. I asked Roy, as he heard right there, about the importance of the ACC tournament in Greensboro. And I was kind of surprised when I looked at the numbers here, Robert. Coach K and Duke have had the most success in Greensboro. In fact, I was watching Pitt Miami. I see the graphic. Coach K, his record in the ACC tournament at the Coliseum, 28-10 and 10 with eight titles. Roy Williams, he's had success in Greensboro just hasn't been able to win the actual championship. The last four tournaments that have been in Greensboro, three of them had North Carolina getting to the championship game. They lost all three. The last time North Carolina has won the ACC championship uh, in the Greensboro Coliseum, Antoine Jameson won the most valuable player, in 2000, or make it 1998. The last time 
a team with Roy Williams on staff won the ACC championship in Greensboro 1982 where the starting lineup featured Worthy and some kid named Mike Jordan right before they were set to win the national championship that year. North Carolina is my pick to win the ACC tournament. Later on tonight, Wake Forest in action against Notre Dame. You'll be able to listen to that game right here on Sports Hub Triad. I think Steve Forbes' first season at Wake's going to come to a close tonight. This team's completely out of gas. I saw it last Friday. They had a they put forth a great effort, and it just didn't manifest into anything. Uh, same thing that happened in the Pitt game before that. Even though Pitt didn't have Tony and didn't have Xavier Johnson, who decided to enter the transfer portal, it didn't matter. This team's just waiting to get to the finish line. It's pretty obvious, and when I saw it in person, I got the sense this is going to be a one-and-done in the ACC tournament. It's also a bad draw. Notre Dame is a superior team. They have, I think, the four best players in this game. Like, if you take both rosters combined, I'm taking four Notre Dame players first before I get to a Demon Deacon. Lachesky's a great player. Hub's a great player. Uh... I really like what Mike Bray did last weekend, beating Florida State in South Bend just a few days after some Notre Dame students were saying that Mike Bray should be fired. That's a really good win for them. And after winning against the Seminoles, you have to believe the Irish is going to have some belief. They nearly beat North Carolina in Chapel Hill. So if that's the opponent they have on Thursday, which it will be, or excuse me, tomorrow if they win the night, uh, I think I could be a competitive game, even though I still like the Tar Heels to win it. This is going to be a confident group. Wake Forest just isn't that right now. So I think later tonight, uh, Steve Forbes' season is going to come to a close with Wake Forest with seven consecutive losses, unfortunately. Let's go to Ed in Winston-Salem. Your calls are welcome at 336-777-1600 on Twitter at SportsUpTriad. Ed, I'm already hearing from Tar Heel fans on Twitter saying that I'm jinxing the team by saying I think they're going to win the ACC tournament. What do you think? Am I making good logic here? Yes, you are. I, I agree with you 100%. I think they got as good a chance of anybody in the field, and I really like their draw, especially if they get by Notre Dame. I'm a little concerned about that because the last game they only won by one, and Notre Dame has about three or four guys can light it up from the outside, so they'll definitely have to play, you know, three-point uh, defense. But uh, everything you said makes 100% logic uh, to me. And I'd like to also, uh, Josh, put a shout-out to uh, last night. i got to switch back and forth and get to see all three of these games. Yeah. Elon, Appalachian State, and who is the third round? Oh, you got to talk about UNCG. Yeah, UNCG, exactly. Yeah, all three of those teams are going to the you know the big dance and uh hallelujah for the state of north carolina and thank you for letting me yeah my opinion hashtag hoop state right you know i want to give them some love too so we'll do that in just a second we got the bachelor minute at the bottom of the hour and while i'm thinking about uncg west miller winning the conference tournament as ed was alluding to there in Asheville. Will they be able to keep Wes in town beyond this offseason? I'll give you my stance on that, and we'll talk about Elon and App State as well 
next on The Drive. Hit it. Go. Let's begin. It's on. The Drive with Josh Graham on Sports Hub Triad. Robert, real quick, don't look at your phone because we just talked about this before we get the Dustin Kearns. We were talking about the possibility the Bucks might re-sign Levante David after tagging Chris Goblin. Well, I'm here to tell you that just happened according to Ian Rappaport. Two-year contract, how much money for the two years do you think would be a steal? So the combined money for both years, Correct. I'm going to put that at $18 million. $25 million is where it's at. <laughs> yeah, that's a deal, all right, for yeah. somebody. There you go. I think it's a deal for David, but he's going to stay home in Tampa. Speaking of being home, it was really cool in the last hour to see the pictures and video from Boone as the Sun Belt champions, Appalachian State, were welcomed home after their win yesterday, taking care of business uh, in the championship game against Georgia State, and we're now being joined by the head coach of the Mountaineers, Dustin Kearns. Coach, we weren't there in Boone to see it. I just saw the pictures in the video. Tell me in our audience what exactly that was like, uh, what you saw greeting you in Boone a short while ago. Well, that was spectacular because even in a, in, in a in a pandemic, App State Nation always comes through. And so you've got, we had the, the entire town um, out and about, students going crazy. Um, and, and it was really a nice celebration and appreciation for, for our team. Like I said, even in a pandemic, uh, App, App Nation is always going to uh, to come through, and it just to, to show our guys that sort of love and support, um, you know, really, really means a lot. From a practical perspective, what's the plan on getting to Indianapolis? When are you going to get there? You know what? I really don't know. That's a good question. The, the coaches at Winthrop were texting me that earlier today. They said, hey, when are you going? <laughs> I'm like, well, when are you going? And uh, they said, we don't know. And I said, well, we don't know either. But um, – uh, we just literally got back in town a couple hours ago. Uh, we, we, we have to test daily. Um, but um, my, I, I would think it'll be, you know, maybe Monday or so we'll head to, up to Indianapolis, but still gathering that information and, and things like that. What's the phone call or piece of feedback, maybe the note you received in the last 20 hours or so that's meant the most to you? Oh man, that's that's a tough one because I've still got 498 unread texts. Uh, I've got 32 emails and I've got eight voicemails. Are any now, unrelated got, to basketball? Did you comb through some of them and see like a text from mom saying, "Hey, what's what's the deal with this? Call me back." Uh, you know what? I, I may have one from my uh, my wife, maybe about our dog. I, we just got a dog recently, and she just got spayed. And I, right before we took off for Pensacola that morning, I was taking our dog to, to the vet uh, before we hopped on an airplane. So I'm trying not to get fired from my husband's job. Um, but, you know, I um, most were about basketball. But you know what? Going through, and I will get back to every single person. I've gotten back to a couple hundred already on the bus back and plane back, uh, but they they keep coming in, which is which is great. But um, as far as the the most meaningful, um, man, I, there's been a lot of really good ones, and 
Um, I'd hate to, I, but a, a lot of former players that I've coached over the years, uh, even dating back 10 years ago. Um, and then, you know, a lot of former players here at App State. You know, the, 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 the former president of Presbyterian that hired me as the first guy to uh, take a chance on me and hire me, I heard from him. And so that was, that was pretty special. Um, uh, but there's, there's a lot. My high school coach texted me. Um, and so there, there's a lot, and, and, and I'm sure uh, uh, there'll be some more still coming in. Dustin Kearns, App State men's basketball coach, on to the NCAA tournament as Sunbelt champs. First time the Mountaineers going dancing in 21 years. You, um, you've built a winner at App State in two years, and you've done so in what's been described as an air quote football school. The only reason I bring that up, your former boss, Mike Young, did a similar thing. Just one coach of the year in the ACC. Oh, Virginia Tech, that's a football school. Well, when I look at this ACC bracket in front of me in Greensboro, Virginia Tech's the number three seed in the ACC and has a double bye. Did, uh, what's something he's done with his teams that you've adopted in building your program in Boone? Uh, a lot. And, and, and uh, he was someone that, you know, on the bus back last night after the celebration, I talked to my parents, uh, and then he was my next phone call. And, uh, you know, hard to kind of pinpoint a couple things, other than I would say a lot. He's just um, – he's an incredible X's and O's coach, but he's he's so good at, un- at, at understanding the pulse of his team and what they need and what they – need to hear that day and, and maybe need to hear something different another day and maybe what they need to do. And he's really, really good at eliminating entitlement from everybody. And so a lot of the stuff that, 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 that we've done, um, is, is from him. And, you know, certainly we've put some, some implemented some of our just new things that we do, but, um, you know, the core and what we're about and how we do things is, is, uh, I learned a lot from him in those regards. Tap State coach Dustin Kearns with us here on Sports Hub Dryad. I'll tell you what the highlight last night for me was. As soon as the game ends, I see you uh, getting a chance to see your family. I think uh, you have a wife and a couple of daughters, and um, you. <laughs> the, it, it looked like you had difficulty trying to get your daughter's attention uh, in a moment that means so much to you professionally. Are your girls uh, old enough to grasp how cool of an experience this is? Well, I got a nine-year-old daughter and I got a three-year-old son. And so, um, you know what? Part of it was the mask. They, they, you know, they, they're, they're sitting there with their mask on and it's kind of just unnatural for them to kind of say something or pull their mask down. And so we were trying to, you know, pull their mask down. But my son, <laughs> you know, he doesn't really know kind of, of, of what's going on. But my daughter does. The last time I was part of the NCAA tournament, she was about his age. So she doesn't probably really remember it. Um, but you know, my wife is, 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 is an unbelievable coach's wife and, and um, you know, she, she, she's, it, it, it takes, it's impossible. Unfortunately, it's impossible to do this job at home. You know, you, you've got to, uh, recruit, you've got to play road games. You've got to be with your team and it is a lot of time and hours away. And so you having someone uh, like my wife, um, Brittany, who's just incredible, 
you know, really, uh, uh, it, it can't work without something like something like her and her support. She wants it just as much as I do. Is that right? And uh, and so, when you have someone that that is is that you know supportive for what you do, she makes the team cookies on every road trip, and uh, and and just all sorts of stuff like that. But very very special moments with family and. Uh, I will certainly cherish that. We need to get Luke Combs talking about App State basketball. That's true. We do. We yeah, need to make that do. happen. Are you the man to make that happen? I'll see what I can do about that. Okay. Okay. We'll keep an eye on that. We still have time before you guys have to play next week, but we'll be following it. Oh, since you were talking about how cool dad is in the house among your kids, uh, how's the dog doing? Since you bring up the dog, I, I, I want to make sure there's, I mean, there's dog, dog lovers all across the triad. and The dog's doing really well. Uh, her name's Cheerio, and uh, she's an English Golden Doodle, um, and she's six months old. And and um, but uh, I think I'm the third most favorite person in the house. I, I'm last on the list as far as with my kids go. The dog has definitely surpassed everything. Did you pick out the uh, English Golden Doodle or the name? Did you pick out Cheerio too? My daughter, my daughter picked out the name. Okay. Um, in fact, the whole litter was named after cereal, and so we just she was she was Cheerios, uh, Cheerios, and so we just shortened it to Cheerios. So uh, the whole litter was like Fruit Loops and Honey Bunch, you know. And so we just kind of stuck with it, really. Um, but uh, my wife picked out the dog. My daughter picked out the name. Well, for what you did last great. for what you did last night, they deserve to put you on Wheaties boxes. Uh, in Boone. Need to figure out a way to make that happen, Coach. Um, it was just a really neat thing to watch, and I know a lot of people here in the triad are rooting for you guys. Oh, on the way out, we were, we were catching up with uh, Wes Miller, and he says that you guys have a pretty tight relationship, and that shortly after his game finished, he made sure to check and see what happened with you guys. Where did that relationship start? You know what? I've known Wes a long time. We've been We've been good friends, and uh, what is just a spectacular coach? Um, I got great respect for him. Uh, we've got close over the years. We just got to know each other when we were both assistant coaches. And then, uh, I think that, um, uh, you know, we, during this quarantine back in the summer, we talked a lot and, um, we were talking very frequently just about what we were doing with our teams and stuff like that. But I mean, what he's done at Greensboro, uh, is just a tremendous, the consistency there. Uh, once he got the program uh, where he wanted it, there has been no drop-off, and he has been extremely consistent. I've competed against him. Uh, we've we've competed against each other twice, and quite honestly, I'd like to leave it at that. I don't really want to uh, coach against him again. Um, but uh, he is uh, he's one of the top coaches in the game, and I'm very, very happy for them too. Coach, we're really happy for you. Thank you for squeezing in the time. Go get a win, maybe a few more than that next week in the NCAA tournament. Sounds good. Go Mountaineers, take the stairs. There you go. Take the stairs. That is the coach of the Mountaineers, Dustin Kearns, kind enough to join us after his team won the Sun Belt last night. What a game it was against Georgia State. Closing things out, hitting free throws. Many reviews down the stretch. The game lasted a lot longer than I think it needed to, but it's a win for uh, the Mountaineers, first time there in the NCAA tournament in 21 years, dating back to... 
ACC undergo. Here we go. Duke and Boston College. 16 minutes left in the first half. Duke is up 10 to 4. Josh, back to you. Is that it? Duke's up 10 to 4. Who scored? Like, what's happened? You're Sorry, gonna... it's over. That's all I had for you. I, I'm already fearful that this is the opportunity I've given you. Got a score update from Duke and Boston College. DJ Stewart leads the Blue Devils with six points. Mark Williams trailing behind him with four. Boston College only four points, but James Carnick. I don't know if that's how the hell you say his name, but he's got two of them. Duke still leads 10 to four. Back to you, Josh. Oh, one sec. I got another update, Robert Walsh. Got another update. Boston College has scored another basket. It's 10 to 6, Duke, now. Closing in on the under 16 timeout. I just love this music so much. I'm not even mad that you interrupted me for nothing. I'll tell you why. I'm calling for North Carolina to win the ACC tournament. Next on The Drive. It's The Drive with Josh Graham on Sports Hub Triad. He thinks the game very well. He's just done a great, great job. He's already a big-time coach, but he's going to be a big-time coach at a much bigger program one of these days. I was Roy Williams last week when I asked him about the job Wes Miller's done at UNCG. And, of course, last night, the Spartans cut down nets for the second time in four seasons. Southern Conference champions. And as much as I'd love for him to stay in Greensboro forever, that's starting to become unrealistic when you have Jeff Goodman, who's as plugged in as anybody, saying he's not going to be in Greensboro that much longer. And Wes, of course, was in consideration for the Wake Forest job that Steve Forbes got a year ago. And ESPN's putting out that list where Wes is the number one coach, 40 coaches under the age of 40 years old. I'm starting to think this is going to be Wes's final season at UNCG because in the most practical of terms here, in the most practical way of looking at it, I should say, UNCG can't compete with the Power Fives or the Power Schools basketball adding, say, the Big East or the American in terms of what they offer salary-wise. Robert, take a guess what Wes makes at UNCG. Uh, I'll say $1.7 million. He makes three hundred dollars What you're describing is what the base salary would be at the cheapest school in the ACC. Boston College paid Jim Christian $1.3 million this past year. That's last place in the ACC, and it would quadruple... What UNCG's paid Wes Miller the last few years. When you look at the second cheapest school, you look at Mike Young at uh, Virginia Tech, he's making $2 million, or 1.9, excuse me. That would be six times as much as 300 k And I could continue to go down the line here. I understand Wes comes from a wealthy family. We know about his dad being a donor at Wake Forest and all of that. But... It's always interesting to me when people talk about other people's money and their financial situations. 
whether it be a star free agent, oh, this guy's going to take less because he wants to play in his hometown, or he's going to remain here. Taylor Moten, Panther fans did this. Uh, he's going to sign a long-term extension, and he's going to take less money to remain in Charlotte. Well, why? We're so quick to do this and project our love for our sports teams on guys and control their money when it's not our money to control in the first place. Taylor Moten tagged with the franchise tag as expected earlier today. Wes Miller, I, I'm, I don't know what he's going to do with this money. I, I don't know how he views it. But I do know that $1.2 million is a lot more than three hundred k, and I, I don't know. I think the most practical way to look at it is if you have millions on the table somewhere else and you're only getting tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands somewhere else, uh, you're probably going to lean towards the millions and understand that. He has nothing else to prove in Greensboro. That's the other big thing for me. I started thinking about this. After winning last night, what else does Wes Miller have to do at UNCG to make fans feel like he's not already the best coach that UNCG's ever had? Like, you can make the argument to be about Fran McCaffrey two decades ago, but Wes has turned UNCG into a program that can recruit NBA-level players. That's what Isaiah Miller is. We'll talk to Isaiah on tomorrow's show. He is an NBA-level player. And you look at these recruiting classes. They're bringing in players that are around the top 100. Wake Forest struggles to bring in top 100 players. He has great assistance. So if he were to leave, I'm sure one of these guys are going to get promoted and the program would still be in a good place because of what Wes did. But I don't know. What else he has to prove? What's the next carrot dangled in front of Wes? Hey, you need to do this. Maybe winning an NCAA tournament game? Okay, well, we'll see if he does that next week. He'll have that opportunity in Indianapolis. But it's interesting we had that clip on the way in from Roy. If his dream is to get the Carolina job, because I see a lot of people now in Carolina circles discussing, oh, he's the the heir apparent to Roy Williams. It's become pretty clear that Wes is going to be the guy to take over when Roy retires. If Carolina is his dream job, he has to prove he can win somewhere else, I think, to be a contender for that job. Think about it. When it came to Wake Forest last year, why did John Curry choose Steve Forbes over Wes Miller? Why, why did that happen? We're led to believe that's exactly what happened. My theory on it is, well, Coach Forbes not only was a winner at East Tennessee State, he proved he can win in JUCO. He has a diversified background under Billy Gillespie and under, you know, uh, Bruce Pearl at Tennessee. A really rich background that West didn't have. So when you're looking at the North Carolina job, whenever that comes open, it's not as simple as, oh well, he's a Carolina guy. He played under Roy, so he's going to get the opportunity. I don't think it's that simple. Even Matt Doherty coached at Notre Dame before he got the North Carolina gig. And we can agree that just hiring somebody because of their North Carolina pedigree and Carolina family is a mistake, right? Roy Williams was, okay, but Roy also was uh, at Kansas, a blue blood, and, and taking the, the Jayhawks to the Final Four before he took the Carolina gig. 
So I, I think that's more the exception than it's the rule. It seems like to me it makes too much sense for West to go elsewhere. If his goal is to get the Carolina job, well, he probably has four or five more years uh, before Roy Williams decides to hang it up. I think he's going to stick around for another five or six years, if I have to guess. Roy still has a ton of energy. But it's a bummer. It's a bummer, but it's me being honest with you that I think this might be the last season we see West at UNCG just because I don't know if they can afford to keep him. Uh, I don't know what else he has to prove. And if the ultimate goal is for him to replace Roy or to be in that chair, he needs to do it somewhere else. On Twitter, at SportsUpDriad, 336-777-1600 is the phone number. We'll get to the Bachelor Minute in about 10 minutes. Uh, last night, Elon, massive win in the CAA. App State, we're going to visit with Dustin Kearns. Really neat to see this video that I have on my screen right now of Boone right now welcoming the Sun Belt champions, App State, in the tournament for the first time in 21 years. Wes, fittingly, last night was talking about his relationship with Dustin Kearns, Robert, and went as far to say it's not just Dustin Kearns he has a relationship with. He has a relationship with a lot of the mid-major coaches who are leading programs to positions where they can make the NCAA tournament this year. This is Wes about the pride he has in the triad making a great run at it this week. You know, we have a huge rivalry with North Carolina A&T being so close. But I'll tell you, we pull for each other when we're not playing each other. And uh, that's the kind of relationship I have with their coaching staff and our players have those. Shoot, we got brothers on teams. So we, we're going to be pulling hard. We're going to be Aggies when they take the floor and that type of thing. Um, but, again, they call it the hoop state for a reason, Eddie. And I think the high school basketball, the grassroots basketball, the college basketball – it's as good as anywhere in the country, and I'll say that forever. How do you like this stat? This is from Brian Ives of the ACC Network, Robert. The most non-ACC teams from the state of North Carolina to make the NCAA tournament is three. 2002 and 2018 it happened. App State is through. UNCG is through. Elon can join them tonight. More on them in a second. And North Carolina A&T, Coach Jones, here in Greensboro, is the favorite to win the MEAC. They only have to win two games, I think, in order to win the MEAC championship. So it looks like there's a chance we could get to four. Odds are you're going to be at three. What's even crazier than that is thinking about this. In our listening area, where we have listeners in Boone, we have listeners uh, in the triad, we have listeners in Burlington. We're going to have, potentially, Robert, four times as many teams in the tournament as North Carolina ACC teams this year. North Carolina is going to be the only one to get in. No Duke, no NC State in all likelihood. When you talk about App, UNCG, Elon, North Carolina A&T, it's a really cool thing to follow there. Speaking of... Elon, Mike Schrage, he becomes a legend in his second year in Burlington if they win tonight. Robert, there are 350-plus D1 teams in college basketball. How many do you think have never been to the NCAA tournament before? This is not just the state of North Carolina. I'm talking about across the country, D1 teams out of 340. How many do you think have never been before? 
Uh, let's say 74. 42. 42 D1 teams remaining. High Point and Elon are the only two in the state of North Carolina. If they win tonight, they're through. A tremendous story, a tremendous run to get to this point, a couple of overtime wins to get to this game. Uh, last night, they just jumped all over Hofstra. It was an impressive deal to watch. And it's happening ahead of schedule. Elon fans will tell you, it's just year two. He's already won more games in the ACC tournament, or just as many, than Matheny did in a decade. It's a tremendous story to watch. And Coach Raggi, as we talked about with him last week, has terrific mentors. Coach K uh, brought him in as a director of basketball operations during the J.J. Redick years. Bob Knight coached him at Indiana in his latter days with the Hoosiers. He, he was on Johnny Dawkins' staff at Stanford. So he has tremendous hoops knowledge, and he has Elon in a tremendous place. I think they have a shot tonight. They're facing a Drexel team that they weren't able to face in the regular season. It's a one-game season tonight. If you win, you go to the NCAA tournament for the first time in school history. They started playing D1 basketball in the late 1990s. And if you lose, you go home. But even if they do lose, still, that does not diminish this story, this tournament run through the CAA. Last night, in addition to the basketball, Hoop State on full display. It was the fantasy suite round for former Deacon Matt James in The Bachelor. We'll recap that next on The Drive. Josh Graham loves to talk sports. He also loves writing sports poetry, but he can't think of a rhyme for puck. Oh, I get it. You're on The Drive with Josh Graham. I was a crazy person last night in my own home. There was an embarrassing story at Costco. Maybe we can get to a little bit later on, but I was trying to watch four different things at one time. You had Elon taking care of business in the CAA, UNCG and App State winning their conference championships, punching their tickets to the big dance. And of course, you had the most important thing last night, The Bachelor, the... What you can describe to be, Robert, the semifinals here, where you have the final three. It's the fantasy sweet round. Former Demon Deacon wide receiver Matt James is the star of this season. So we recap each episode and what we call the Bachelor Minute. Matt James is a hometown guy. He's our guy. And Matt has one question for you. Will you accept this rose? Yes! 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 I'll have what she's having. Time now for the Bachelor Minute. We'll get to State Syracuse since we won't be on the air until after that game ends tomorrow um, in just a few minutes. But last night in The Bachelor, we were introduced at the start of the episode, Robert, to Matt's dad. And right before that, reminded by Chris Harrison that 38 different women were on this season, which is way too many women. And there was a really cringeworthy part that seemed like it was driven by producers where Matt confronted his dad about the dad cheating on his mom, which 
he was not expecting that at all. This poor old man was here to support his dad, his son, and he tried to steer the conversation, saying, "You know what? We don't have to talk about that. We can let let's just get let's just have a celebration." And Matt snapped back by saying, "If I wanted to celebrate, we can go to Chuck E. Cheese." Is that the best place to celebrate? Maybe it's the last time he saw his dad and had a meaningful conversation. I don't know. Chuck E. Cheese didn't seem like the best place to ever celebrate. It sounds like he was being sarcastic. Like, oh, 100% he was being sarcastic. Well, yeah, well then hell no, they ain't going to Chuck E. Cheese to celebrate. <laughs> what would be the right setting to go to Chuck E. Cheese to celebrate? If you had a kid's birthday or something. What do, what do, you, what do you mean? Nobody goes to Chuck E. Cheese. The dates were awful. Awful dates. So they each get the one-on-one before the fantasy suite uh, where you can stay the night with the person that, you know, with, with Matt. You get to spend the night with them with no cameras, no microphones, and it's just kind of understood that sexual things happen. Okay. The first date. Robert, you just tell me which date is the worst out of these three. Michelle got a, uh, a butter and oatmeal bath and massage. Uh... Rachel got to make ceramics, like making bowls and such. And Bree got to camp outside before going to a cabin later. Which of those three do you find to be the worst day? I don't know. I would dig those, honestly. I kind of want to do Well, which one do you dig the most then? Uh, Probably the ceramics. That would be fun. Do they have like a ghost situation where like he's looking over his shoulder and they're molding a piece of pottery together? Something like that. That's terrible. Somebody teaching them how to how to make the bowls right, and then she just gets lost, and they start making out, and then he carries her out of there, and they're all covered with ceramic stuff. You just know. It's like, what's hey, your bowls there. are in the blast furnace. Y'all got to get back in here. <laughs> Rachel, she's clearly the least mature one because even though she's on The Bachelor and understands what happens when you get to the fantasy suite round, she's just constantly worried about what the other women are doing with Matt since she was the third one to go. Uh, did you spend the night? What did you do? What did you do? And they were just like, yeah, we had meaningful conversation. And clearly all she cared about was the sexual pieces of it. So, I mean, I can understand. You're the last, you're at the end of the train. The Matt train pulls into the station. Choo-choo! I got a lot of girls spit in my mouth. Come here and give me some loving. Don't no girl. Ain't nobody about that. He wanted to complain about his dad cheating, and yet he shows up to Rachel's house after he's been with with these other girls. It's amazing that the dad, that's how the episode starts. And right before it goes to commercial break, he's like, I I just want you to know that I'm never going to be like you, is kind of what he said to his dad before they made up. Then the tease was, Fantasy Suites round starts after the break. <sighs> Three different women in a week. There you go. And then uh, Bree got sent home. So we're down to two. That was did Sawyer's I have- pick. Oh, so I won no matter what now. You did win. <laughs> Let's go! Yeah, it's down to Michelle and Rachel, but Robert's already won. Dang. Rachel's going to win, and it's going to be cringeworthy, and you got Manny Acho next week. To try and hash everything out. Did uh so did Chris come back yet? I saw I caught pieces of this. Well, he here's the thing, he's not gonna be on next week's episode because everything to this point's already been pre-taped before any scandalous things happen. My uh my biggest takeaway from watching this, I didn't really watch it. My girlfriend had it on when I was home at night. 
and I saw Matt shirtless, and his mannery glands are the size of dinner plates. Yeah. They are massive. Mannery glands. They, they are manly, but that's why he's always wearing the turtlenecks. He's like, I'm going to cover up as much skin as possible so nobody sees these dinner plates I'm rocking. <laughs> uh, I'm a big fan of Matt. Gosh, it's just a difficult season he's had to handle with everything. And next week is going to be quite the trapeze act to make sure everything comes off well. But I think he's going to end up single when it's all said and done. It was still hard for me. The other part I saw was where his dad was like confronting him or something, and they had some sappy music, and then it goes to him, and he goes, <laughs> and starts crying. Oh, yeah. And I, I yeah. could not help but yeah. laugh. Uh-huh. Like it was, so, it was like they wanted you to feel in a certain way, but I couldn't help but just veer off the road. The finale is next week. What was the punishment again? I get to pick uh, two movies for you and Sawyer. I thought it was one movie. Uh, I can check the text. Let me check. No, I know what it was. You pick one movie for Sawyer. You pick one movie for me. It doesn't have to be the same movie. Oh, okay. I think that's what it was. But if I'm wrong, I guess it's two movies. But I think think one is sufficient. I mean, either way, I'll I'll figure out where we're at. Okay. Uh, Getting things back on track. Robert, by the way, never – he tries to be really nice – by just letting me do my ACC basketball thing here, even though he is, he has a wealth of knowledge about ACC hoops. Like, Robert knows more than anybody I know about ACC basketball, and he's telling me, he doesn't ever do this, that he has some picks. Like, he's filled out his ACC tournament bracket, and in 10 minutes, he's going to share exactly what he has in his bracket in Greensboro, what's going to transpire this week. How about that? NC State Syracuse tomorrow. I think state fans are getting way too far ahead of themselves here. If we win against Syracuse and we win against Virginia, oh, we have a shot if we can win this tournament. I think NC State's one and done. We suck. I am not a believer in the it's difficult to beat a team three times debate. Whether it's the NFL or basketball, Robert, it's the most annoying thing. Like when the Saints beat the Panthers every single time, I hear it, oh, it's the playoffs, it's 2017, they're going to the Superdome. Oh, you know, it's difficult to beat a team three times. Do you know what's tough? Beating a team that's already beat you two times. That's the position I don't want to be in. I'd rather be the team that's won twice than the team that's lost twice. And NC State was handed its last loss at PNC Arena by Syracuse. Syracuse? Uh, they have just as much on the line as State does. They're on the first four out line. A win could put them in. Probably need to beat Virginia to be safe, but if they if they win tomorrow, odds are Lenardi's going to have them on the first, on the last four in line. That's what it means. So Syracuse is just as much on the line, and quite simply, I think Syracuse is just a better team Sometimes we just try to overthink this. Oh, well, this matchup pacing this type of guard, and if they're this big and they don't have this guy, let's stop. Syracuse is just a better team than North NC State is. Let's not overthink it. They they beat Clemson. They beat North Carolina in their last two games. They're older. They're deeper. I love what Kevin Keats and NC State have done down the stretch. It doesn't mean they're going to win tomorrow. I'm going at high noon tomorrow. With Syracuse, yes, Jim Beheim winning in the Coliseum against the Wolfpack. Coming up, Duke. I'm looking at this. They, they, they got Boston College tonight. 
Much to break down there. I'm interested in who Robert has in his ACC tournament picks. Dak Prescott, he gets paid. The Panthers tag Taylor Moten. We'll address all of that next on The Drive.